excited to have a mechanical keyboard until I realized, like, oh man, if I'm talking to someone on a web chat with this shit on, like, it's gonna like, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great. What was that about? <laughs> I can't hear shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I have like nothing prepared. <laughs> hey, good. It, at least we're equally prepared. soon (laughs) well that's the nice thing about web chat stuff well because we'll whenever we do a web chat thing we'll be using a service called um zencaster okay um it's really nice they like basically the data of our conversation like if we do video but video and audio is saved like on a like in in their cloud and then we're sent like a smaller like a lower res version of each uh, with the audio and the video and so like on our end it looks kind of grainy but then when it's done it renders and then it sends us what they captured and it's higher fidelity oh, cool yeah and then so it'll be much better um now but, offered in hi-fi yeah <laughs> <laughs> hi-fi fm that's right but yeah um so yeah i don't know this will be pretty casual it's uh Seal, seal episode one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know me. I'm not not big on formality. So yeah. I, I joke with people, just, even though I'm a lawyer, like I haven't put a necktie on in like three months. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I haven't put a tie on since COVID started. Like I used to dress up way more like when I would go out and see. Because I used to see people like a lot, like as an outsider up. And then... um <laughs> I don't know. I was just very, pra- I realize this now in retrospect, like I was very practiced in doing that. Like get up, well, I'm a, I'm a morning person still, but like get up early, dress up, you know, cause I'm, I'm going to have to go out and convince people to work with us. So it's like, I, I, I gotta at least shave. I gotta like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I gotta, I don't know, put something on. And, but nowadays, yeah, I'm much more, much more casual about it. Yeah, there is. I, I, as much as I do hate dressing up and wearing nice clothes, I, uh, I do enjoy having the skill of being able to put on a necktie in the dark. Oh, no, like it, that's there's a something. Good skill yeah, I mean, and, and it makes me feel uh, manly, but like in a classical, like an old Hollywood way, right? Like yeah, James Mason, Cary like, Grant. That it's kind almost of. like yeah, you're like. <laughs> Yeah, you're getting out like your shaving tools. It's like one of yeah. those things. It's like because yeah. I need these. I know. Yeah. My my everyday carry includes right. it's, all these it's, little. It's having the beaver brush kind of manliness, not sharpening an axe on a grinding stone manliness. <laughs> it's not like a Viking. It's more just like a put together man in the 1940s. <laughs> yeah, you can with with the pocket protector and yeah, and you know some leather fold out with with everything he needs yeah an actual billfold yeah yeah <laughs> that that always takes i'm always like impressed or taken back when someone busts out like a long wallet or yeah. like a legit billfold i'm like oh that's that's cool i, I just yeah I, I never feel like i could do that i don't feel like pockets are sometimes deep enough for those suckers because i feel like they're yeah and, I, and i'm not someone that puts my wallet in my back pocket are you someone that puts your wallet in your back pocket I, well so i do but only when i'm upright i, I don't sit on it anymore oh yeah um, george but, costanza style yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i've had i've had too many doctors and and massage therapists and 
chiropractors and stuff tell me not to sit on a wallet because it'll it'll jack up your spine, which I've no doubt that it does. And yeah. I mean, between sports and dietary habits, I'm going to have a bad back anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> might as well not exacerbate it if I can help it. <laughs> or do what George does and just put a chunk of napkins in your other pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Balance it really out. even it out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's ever been a period in my life that I've ever put my wallet in my back pocket. I think I've just always had the fear of someone just grabbing that sucker. Like, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just I just always wore really tight jeans, so it was harder to lift out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, I guess that's, that's a good good way to offset that problem. But yeah, um, but yeah, no, I'm trying I'm trying to think of other things. I, and this is a very random topic, but like of other things that give off that that vibe or that energy of like that old timey like put togetherness you're like oh yeah billfold or like a guy or pomade <laughs> yeah but nothing in like a like a a bright canister it's gotta be yeah it, it has to look like it was issued by the united states military <laughs> the the canister military grade yeah which does not mean it's great no it means it's made as cheaply as possible right but now, uh, if they said NASA grade, I'd buy that. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, I was just having this conversation with my brother-in-law the other day, and it's like, like you, you know, it's for all the people that give NASA shit sometimes. Like we wouldn't have like power tools. We wouldn't have like probably cell phones. I mean, I know the one for sure thing I always bring up is power tools. <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah. I realize like how like that that only existed because like they needed an easier way to like fix their stations without having to plug in and like transfer power like it just blows my mind like now i'm using this impact drill and it's like 50 years ago to blow people's mind I'm like yeah i have this freaking automatic power drill yeah. <laughs> well it's, it's like portable storage for digital storage now oh yeah almost i mean you know it's the the story i tell people i graduated from high school in 2007 hmm. and before i moved to san marcus because my freshman year i went to texas state hmm. before i moved to san marcus my mom took me to office depot and I bought a flash drive because they recommended in the student handbook or oh, yeah. freshman orientation thing that you have a flash drive. Yeah. And it was an eight gig flash drive that cost like seventy dollars. Jeez. At at Office Depot. And then, you know, like now my dad his business has Floritech is the name of his business, shout out Floritech. <laughs> but they have, you know, like promotional Oh uh, yeah, flash like drives that they'll yeah. hand out, and they're like thirty-two gig flash drives. Yeah, like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw, I think it was on Reddit. I saw this post that a guy found a receipt from like I think it was from nineteen ninety-five from a, uh, uh, I think it was like an external hard drive or just a hard drive that he bought. He bought it online and he had it shipped to him, and and uh, and it shows you know ten dollars shipping, but then the the hard drive I think it was only like. Man, it wasn't anything crazy. Like I think it was only like sixty-four gigs. And it was like four grand. <laughs> it was four thousand, yeah. and they still charged them shipping on top of yeah, it. Yeah, well, I'm sure he did. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the receipt was also emailed to an email address that was at compuserve.com or something. <laughs> but like, it's just nuts. I mean, like, well, my when my dad was in the navy, um, he he was a, a computer technician on the on the ship. And, uh, and he would exchange, I think it was, um, he was constantly updating and exchanging like uh, map, like data, like trajectory. Oh, data. right. And, and yeah, and he explained 
like how big the data units were that he would have to dislodge and move um, so people could have an update on their radar of where they've been or like where at whatever and take that inland. And like that thing was like the size of like, well, not like a modern CPU, like the old school, <laughs> <laughs> like the old school CPUs, you know, the big chunky ones. And, and it was only like a megabyte or like two. And, and he's like, yeah, man, those big heavy things yeah. have to slide out. This weighed 23 pounds a piece. Yeah. And couldn't even hold like one modern song on them. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah. Like, yeah. Or like, yeah, it's just so interesting. Like those data, like the packages of like data that we, we would used to just, we were just used to. Cause yeah, it's incredible. Or, yeah. Or like old computer games where you had to like, put in like four floppy disks you know yeah or a yeah. floppy disk for each like chapter right you know that's yeah just not... you'd get to the end and it would say you have reached the end please please insert disk two or whatever yeah. Yeah. yeah the oregon trail was like that it was a two yeah. disk thing yeah yeah <laughs> that's nuts <laughs> but vinyl sticking around or it's come back <laughs> vinyl is sticking around and you know that's um it's crazy right because uh, you know, I, I have officially run out of vinyl storage space in my house. I mean, I mean, it's um, it's as simple as getting something else. I mean, it's not. Like, yeah, but you have like your area like I have like that shelf, which looks like it's Boeing a little bit. Yeah, actually. it does look like it's <laughs> Boeing. Man, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have those two containers and then that that stand right there that just holds like 10. And those right. are like my current, you know, yeah. rotation, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, as you can see, that that oldies bin down there, it's oh, there it's getting go. some stacked on top because I've run out of room. Yeah, that's so. the but that one up top that just holds ten. That's your version of like the Billboard charts. <laughs> that's the Romo Hot Ten. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true, and it's very weird. <laughs> hey, like, as it all, should be. Yeah, I I I am I get very wary of uh if anyone has like a set thing like that or or you know 10 albums that they're really into right mm -hmm. now it always weirds me out if they're way too similar uh you know is that all beatles like come on like, yeah I, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I like the beatles but yeah come on man or you'll see something that's like literally every single one of these came out between 1971 <laughs> and 1973 like i look it's a great you know era for music but <laughs> or it's like that's all from like when we graduated man like is oh like yeah nothing <laughs> yeah no oh, yeah that's even worse yeah that's even worse if you get up and it's it, like the hits from when i graduated high school and you know it's just like dashboard confessional and nelly and like maybe a good charlotte album is still in there a little bit uh hooba stank <laughs> there are there are some of those random like one hit one or like or to me like perceived as like oh yeah i remember that they had that one song but then like you you i don't know you ask you, you it gets brought up around somebody and like oh i have that whole album on vinyl i'm like i don't even know what else on that album like that's crazy like yeah to think like there's like some random i don't know just again like so many different ways you can see music but you think of like a pop album but you just know like one song you don't even really know the artist and you're like oh there's a vinyl out there for that like because i just think yeah you don't think about it. I don't know. I mean, yeah. out of sight, out of mind. I mean, there's a whole other, a whole lot of music that I don't think of. And then when I see the vinyl, I'm like, oh, shoot, there it is, like in physical form. It's just sometimes there's just that certain music I just don't think of in that way. And then when I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, because people are buying those suckers up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, to each their own. I'm I, not judging. It's just, you know. I will tell you the best example of that. Um, and 
I, I, I will admit that I just had to look it up to get the <laughs> album name right because I, I don't want to do any disservice. But do you remember that song, Stacy's Mom by oh, yeah. Fountains of Wayne? Mm-hmm. Okay, that album that that song is on mm-hmm. rocks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, when did that come out? Uh, Originally. 2003, which meant I would have been like in either late eighth or early ninth grade. I, I, for some reason, I, I did not realize it came out that recent. I thought that was way older than. Oh that. yeah, it was. It was. Were you ever on AIM AOL and stuff? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was a very common away message, right? <laughs> Stacy's mom has got it going on. Wow. <laughs> They'd been <laughs> yeah. inactive for forty-five minutes. You know, it was the, it was the summer jam of 03. Um, <laughs> but well, yeah, I remember that, I, I was I I was I I really didn't listen to secular music till I was about like twelve. So that's stuff that's like comes out in the early 2000s like my me and my wife talk about this all the time because she she like has like multiple playlists she has like multiple artists that she just really dials into from that time period and or she'll play a song or the song will just pop up in a movie or something she's like oh my god you know i love this song and this makes me think of blah blah i'm like i don't know this song like at all and i just realized like i wasn't in that rotation at that time right. you know and like um because yeah i didn't really listen to secular music till let's see if that if i was 12 that would put me in like five six wow yeah it was because i mean like i would listen to some but it was all oldies right and that's why i have this like very very strong admiration for that time period and, and multiple time periods for music in general as i was never just obsessed with now and like my generation is the shit i've always thought like i'm dumb and young like <laughs> was, like the, the good shit like you know because I, I had this perception that all the good songs are written or all the legendary ideas were already like put forth and like finalized and platinum and just untouchable you know um no it wasn't it (laughs) It was just ignorance but but i mean this is a 12 year old but like (laughs) but 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 it it was also like yeah i don't know i i loved like the top 40 hits from like the 60s and oh yeah like i knew all that shit but like anything that was mildly controversial or like you know, like, um, I'm just trying to think of the songs that my parents would like, it would come up on those stations and then they would be like, don't let, you know, change the channel, go oh, back to wow. 94.9. Like, let's um, get it on by Marvin Gaye. Something like that. Maybe like that. <laughs> um, um, man, there's a couple of songs. I'm just not, it's not clicking. Um, but yeah, uh, so it was, it was interesting, like, um, listening to, oh, oh, I've talked about this, I think on, on, well, then speaking in continuity for the show, uh, <laughs> my last episode uh, with uh, Gregory David, I brought this up with him that like one of my first real experiences with like a wide variety of secular music, like unfiltered and like uninvolved with my parents. Cause like, I, I still really respect my parents, but like back then, like I was just like, I really adhered to their rules. Like it wasn't that like, I was like scared or like, had any weird ideas it was just really like i wanted to honor my parents and like right they said like that's not good for me like i'm just gonna all right i'm gonna trust them and like that was it and and so i uh my first experience though was playing tony hawk because <laughs> those games had such a crazy playlist you know of, of the of the in-game radio or whatever because you know you could shuffle it you could take songs out you could line it up how you oh, wanted yeah. And so as the years would go on and I would play the game more, I really, I realized that's what was so enticing. I mean, the game was great, great, great game, but 
Yeah, wow. I was going to say, don't go talking noise on Tony Hawk. Yeah. Skater, man. <laughs> this is, we're going to have an argument. <laughs> but but then I started realizing that like, yeah, like I wasn't really paying attention to the um, that dynamic of the game. It was just the game itself. But then I started realizing right. like, man, like this beats crazy. Like like because like when I was in uh, uh, church, I mean, we had like uh, audio adrenaline. You had like POD. You had like. A bunch of different like groups that were like fitting the aesthetics of the music at the time, but right. way you know way different messages and and way different like sonic aesthetics sometimes. Like sometimes it, sonically it would be just cleaner. It wouldn't have like I don't know because I guess they always wanted to have this like uh, con like I don't know, this look of it being like clean and, and and put together. But it you know like it didn't have it like and nowadays I know there's like heavy metal christian and like crazy stuff like that but like right. that wasn't there <laughs> i'm talking like stephen curtis chapman and like stuff like that well even like switchfoot like Switch, oh yeah yeah switchfoot's a band that i think of that kind of made that and creed to some extent you know they started yeah, out started, yeah yeah and they started to get away from that right uh but like yeah so as i was listening to and playing tony hawk i just started getting into like yeah i mean people like i, I would that would never come into my world probably organically besides that game like um, um, Pete Rock and CL Smooth and um, uh, man, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I'm just a bunch of like um, hard. I mean, like Audio Slave and right. um, Rage Against the Machine, or like it would get me interested in in people that I didn't really know besides the game, and then look into them, and then find like you know other people and be like, oh, like just finding other facets of music. But literally it was like the catalyst was, was Tony Hawk. And as Tony Hawk, like went on, like the, the they, I think they kind of realized that the, their playlist and their curated music was kind of like a, a big dynamic to the game. Right. And so they started like, ex- like extending it and like, they kept it really interesting. Like, I don't know, like at, to me at least, like I felt like as the games went on, like, cause I think, I don't know how controversial this will be, but I I think to me Tony Hawk Underground Two, I think that came out like in two thousand eight or seven. I think that was like the best game because like you could like get off of your board, you could like spray paint, like you could like <laughs> basically walk around and skate, and like it was just cool. But then the the playlist was phenomenal, like that 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 list of or, or curate uh, uh, collection of songs, it's awesome. I mean I have it like saved on my phone, man. I'll jump back into that because that's like. I don't know. Just like an album could like really think, make you think of like, you know, summer of 02 <laughs> to, right. throw, to a throwback that yeah, like that game, like that curation of songs, like it's so, yeah, it just throws me back into like the excited, excited feeling of like, not just playing that, that game, but also just like being introduced to like music, just like almost like from the ether. Cause I'm just like playing, <laughs> playing like a game. And all of a sudden, like the game churns out, like, you know, here, here's this, you know, uh, like, I mean, it would go from like hard rock to like, um, um, like, uh, um, Frank Sinatra to, right. to, I mean, all sorts of random stuff. And I was just like, man, this is, yeah, this man. is awesome. <laughs> it is skating, uh, the great soundtrack and the ability to commit, uh, misdemeanors by spray painting thing. <laughs> what, what don't you want in a game? Exactly. That so. would, by the way, that would be a good, great topic in the future to really devote some time to is video games mm. with the best, like, soundtrack. popular music. Uh, you know, yeah, like, like I, I love listening to, like, the GoldenEye soundtrack oh, when right. I'm working. Yeah, yeah. 
but like, you know, I'm not going to hear the facility on double O agent theme song on the radio. Right. right. <laughs> uh, unless I've got some weird, weird radio access. Um, it's that weird, serious channel. Right. But you know, that's, so my, my Dave Mira was, uh, oh, or, or my, my Tony Hawk was Dave Mira. That's fine. And yeah, I, I played that was the, my secondary one. Yeah. And, and especially Dave Mira too. It had, yes. yeah, it had same gangstar had gangstar. It had uh, yeah. Moment of truth. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that was my, that was my, it, yeah, that oh song my kicks God. ass, dude. That song That's is one of the best, I'm sorry, here we go. That, it, it, I've, I've been wanting to bring this song up somehow on the show because to me, that is one of the best hip hop rap songs, like, of all time. Oh, it's so like, good. Like, the, the fucking beat is just classic, um, with the strings and the piano, I mean, it's just, like, good, not, like, analog instruments but it's just like a good like or like solid like beat i mean it's just classic there's nothing weird about it yeah and then just his delivery and his his cadence is just it's always been awesome but then but then the lyrics are just it's untouchable yeah like the 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 youths would call it a vibe i think <laughs> and then possi- just- possibly a bop might be a bop and a vibe. Well, I'll just say it's fucking great. Yeah, well, there you go. That's, I, I joke. So my, my sister teaches middle school and I've got friends who are teachers. And so like every bit of slang from like 2010 to present, I've had to learn secondhand. Right. Like I did. I learned it because some teachers like, yeah, this is what the jackass middle school kids are saying now. So steal it if you want. Uh, not my sister. She loves her students, but uh, you know, but everyone else, <laughs> everyone else in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> yeah, my team. my sister's just a little crazy like that. She actually likes those kids. Um, no, but, but it's, no, it but that's funny. that's one of those songs, man. Where uh, I don't know. Well, you it, know, it, I have... was, it was track one on the Dave Mira. Oh, it was it? It was the oh, first wow. song that plays in the first uh, little that park you go to. Well, you know, I have so many different playlists to curate my life or to to just you know play a lot be the soundtrack to my life and then i have like like a bunch of different sub playlists but then like a master playlist where like i'll just add whatever songs that like i just think it's just it's hit me it's got me right in the in my soul and and every now and then you know i'll shuffle that like when i feel like i, I just can't make up a, cho- a decision or like i just want something in the background and i'm like going for a certain move i just i want something unexpected like i want to go from david bowie to classical to back to i don't know hendrix and then um uh the but that's one of those songs that like as long as it pops up like i'm just gonna let it i'm I'm never gonna skip that song (laughs) (laughs) but that's just that's man that's that's i totally forgot about that game the the dave mira biking game the second one yeah dave mira too man yeah where where you're in the little like campground or like a little facility yeah, because that's that's the game that introduced me to rage. Like it wasn't my sister, right? It wasn't any of my older siblings or cousins or anybody in my school world. I don't, I don't even know what age I would have been because that might have been uh, before I got super obsessed with Tony Hawk and like the playlists and like really trying to look right. at it. I I think because I think it was um, I'm gonna look it up because I, I oh it was Wake Up. It was Wake Up off yeah. of the Rage Against the Machine, their self-title, because um, that's on there. And uh, right, it's that's it's. I want to make sure now. Uh, but th- when I first heard that song, like with with Tom Morello's effects and just like, I mean the lyrics too, obviously. But was, just, was that one on David? They had Awake by Godsmack. No, they had a Rage they, Against the Machine. I, I, I believe you. It's just been forever. I was trying to think. They had Paranoid. 
by uh, Black Sabbath. They had, yeah. Oh, that was also my introduction to Black Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. And they had uh, yeah Summertime by by yeah. Sublime. Yeah, by Sublime. Yeah, I remember that. That was my yeah. That was my introduction to Sublime. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is nuts. I'm so glad you brought up that yeah. game. That, <laughs> know, that, right? that was like a huge intro to me to like the that 90s landscape of music. Yeah. It's like I again like. When, when I hear summertime these days, um, my my best friend, uh, Alan Combs, shout out to Alan, he he had Dave Mira before I had Dave Mira, I think. Mm. And um, I can remember, you remember there was a feature where you could build parks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like an oh, early yeah. game to have yeah, that yeah. feature, right? Uh-huh. And I could, we built this park that we both love, and I'm sure it sucked. Yeah, right. wake, wake up. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right, cool. But it, it, the, the, we built a park that I'm sure sucked, right? And I probably have the memory card that it's on still because I, I have my <laughs> wow. old PS2. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, but like whenever I hear Summertime by Sublime now, I, I, I can almost like smell pizza coming from Alan's kitchen while we were in the living room playing <laughs> yeah. Dave Mirror 2, designing that park. That's what know? I was talking about with Underground too. Like when I hear that right. playlist, I'm just like... I just get those feelings again, man. Yeah, it's like, just like ex- that that youthful excitement. Like oh yeah, anything could happen. Ten years and old. There's pizza in the kitchen. <laughs> oh yeah, it's 1999. <laughs> I don't know what income taxes are. That's there, great. I, I don't. Know, I don't have, I don't have student to loan pay debt. for plumbing problems. Like I don't have homeowner yeah. issues. Like, yeah, you don't even. Know, you don't even. What know do you what mean the foundation gonna... needs to be repaired? Who cares? <laughs> You don't have to be on time anywhere. Would you, you grab me a Dr. Pepper while you're up? Yeah. yeah like, Make it two. Yeah, please. <laughs> oh, man. But I also couldn't drive, couldn't drink, couldn't, you know. Yeah, life sucks. Go on vacation. So, I mean, on, on my own. I guess I could have, but I would have ended up, you know, on 48 hours or something. It's one of those things where, like, less complicated is great, but then, like, complicated is great, too. But yeah. there's just more, con- there's more to worry about. Yeah. I'm glad my mom never had to give that interview. I don't know. He packed a bag with Dave Mira 2 and his PlayStation 2, and that was the last time I ever saw him. Jeez. <laughs> Oh man, um, <laughs> I I hope that game. No one has anything bad to say about that game because that's yeah. I don't know. It's that games. was. I mean, I, there were there there was a good run where there were some really good games. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's still been some great games. Well, there's a, yeah, but you know, like that. That's one of those games where I I don't understand how anyone could not like that. And you know, oh it's, no, that's that's no. I'm legitimately like yeah, throwing down the gauntlet. I'm saying right. like, who's got something bad to say about? I know, that game? and it's like so <laughs> another game with a fantastic soundtrack in a, in a completely different context though. Right? Is is Grand Theft Auto Vice City? Oh, that one's incredible. Right? Yeah, and that is like I had the like three CD set. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to uh, to Hastings. Right. Uh, you remember when Hastings were still open? They're still around. Are they still around? I think um, there's one in Waxahachie. Maybe so. Well, I I had gone. I was I was in Oklahoma seeing some family and went to to the Hastings in Ponca City, Oklahoma. Ponca. And, and yeah, I know it's like. 20 or 30 miles from Kansas is way up there, but um, I've never heard of that. City. I, well, you know, that's, uh, I don't, I, I would have been more surprised if you had, that's what I'll say. <laughs> but I, yeah, I went to Hastings and they, they had the Grand Theft Auto Vice City soundtrack on like a three or four disc oh, that's cool. set. And you know, it's different because you kind of choose your own thing, right? They had radio stations. And so it's not like, 
it's not like it was it was not like Day of Mira where you could skip a song but you couldn't like really mess with the playlist. Oh, it was, oh yeah, I know. What you it mean, was just yeah. you if you didn't like what was on, you just changed the station. Change this channel, yeah. Right. I think it's still like that. Oh, it, it is. Grand Theft Autos are still built that way. Right, it is. Yeah, and in like the the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, I didn't play that one as much, but if I remember right, that soundtrack was pretty good too. It had oh, Eminence yeah. Front by the Who on it. Oh yeah. And I like that's another one of those songs that every time I hear it, I think of playing that video game. Yeah. But yeah, Vice City had a great... And it had V-Rock, which is like all the 80s hair metal that I should hate. <laughs> that I have a real soft spot for, for no reason. I, I don't like... it. It's... You ever like something and you like kind of hate yourself for liking it? Like that's how I feel about the entire hair metal scene. I, but like, I, you know, someone someone puts Vice City on, I'm going to V-Rock first and I'm going to I'm absolutely <laughs> listening to some hair metal and getting super way into it. I want to say yes, because <laughs> I'm fine with embarrassing myself, but I, don't, <laughs> but I don't I'm trying to think of something that I'm like, Ugh, I want to I want to wrap myself out that I listen to like, you know, <laughs> America, I'm like oh shit, you like America? Like who the hell likes you know horse with no name? I'm like hey, motherfucker, <laughs> horse with no name is great. That's Sister no. Golden Hair Surprise or whatever it's actually called is you great. know you know that yeah, is what it's called. That's a great album. Tin Man. Ten, no, it's just a, I, I have it right there. Holiday. That's a great album. Yeah, that's there a you great go. album. I bought it physically at a convention because I like saw it and it was like a dollar and I was like. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever held it physically and and vinyl. Like it was an original one. And uh, and I, I realized like you know the album cover looks like a framed picture, right? And then the back of it looks like the back of like a picture, like with the little stand <laughs> the little and stuff. Stand yeah. And so as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh fuck yeah, like this, this is great. <laughs> yeah, because Tin Man is awesome. Yeah, Tin, 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 Tin Man rocks. and Lonely People. That, Lonely People's a great. Those song. two songs are like awesome. And you got George Martin, man. That's the other thing. Yeah, George, George Martin. Martin. Made that. Like if he touches it, come on. It's amazing. Yeah. You know what made me sad? Uh, the George Martin documentary um, that's on Amazon. Have you seen that? I haven't watched it yet. It's on my like things to watch, but you, you, really can, you can ruin it for me. It's okay. <laughs> well, it's it's like it's cool because it's clips of him and and then anything that like he didn't really answer. Giles, his son, kind of right. fills in. And obviously, it talks a lot about the Beatles. Um, but then it talks about yeah. His oh, work was with... he involved with the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> it's this one, not the not the Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Guy. Oh okay. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> wrong George Martin. <laughs> did, did he ever finish that last album with them? I remember him taking forever to finish anything. Yeah, a Song uh, of Fire and Ice by <laughs> Lennon McCartney. <laughs> Uh, no, if they were writing it, it'd been done in six months. But, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, yeah, the work he did with America and um, uh, uh, with the Police. Like, I totally forgot right. like, how many albums he did with the Police. I think he only did two, but I forgot. I thought it was just like one. Um, Ghost in the Machine. Like, I forgot that he did that album. Ghost in the Machine's a great album. Well, I I love the Police. Oh, they're so good. But yeah, Ghost in the Machine is a great album. It and is. if I'm not mistaken, that was the first album he made at his studio, which they talk about because George Martin owned his own studio for like four years. It was a very short right. period, and it was called like Air's Studio or something. Yeah, and it was in like the Bahamas or or in the Caribbean somewhere, and uh, and it got hit by a. Um, the hurricane a hurricane yeah like some kind of like the edge of the hurricane or whatever and it just washed it all away and he had built it to not just be like a studio but it was also kind of like a house too so like they lived there and like it was a place for the artists to live as they were working so like they would like they had like a community where like they would work and live together 
Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really cool documentary because you get to see like those things that like, he just did so much stuff that was like phenomenal and just beautiful. <laughs> and it didn't always like explode or like flourish or like, or like with the studio thing, it didn't always pan out, but my God, like that guy did so much and he was such a, um, a facilitator and such a, 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 a curator and, and composer and just balancing act. Like he was, you know, it's like all these artists were the plates, but he was the stick. Like he was right. the one that's like, all right, you can do a lot of fancy maneuvering. He's like, but I'm going to keep you grounded and we're, we can really find something. And he was the scientist. And, uh, and yeah, and to find out, like, basically you find out, like he barely made any money off of like working for the Beatles. Um, because like, yeah, it was his biggest thing, but like, to him, it was just another one of the gigs. Like, you know, he needs, yeah. he needs to do his part for this classical album. He needs to do his part for this comedy album. Oh, yeah, and Beatles are coming in, you know, Saturday morning. They better be on time. Because yeah. he was just business, you know. But, yeah, he was just like, I don't know, it's just cool. Because not only do you get that understanding of him, but you get more understanding of kind of like his character. Like, all, all the people he worked with kind of do a little interview about him. And you just find out that, like, he's just a great guy like yeah and that that is something because you know I, i've watched enough um you know and read enough music documentaries and biographies and things like that to know that um of the many 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 people who worked with george martin i i can't think of anyone off the top of my head who ever had anything other than just really really nice things to say about him yeah personally and professionally yeah but you know that's it's funny um i so one thing I've been doing a lot lately um, is, so I've had a bad run with new music lately. I've had very bad luck, hmm. and I, I don't, I don't want to like dump on any of the people I've listened to and be like, yeah, they suck because I <laughs> like, you know, it's it's not that they suck; it's just not for me. Yeah, it's just not clicking. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's no big deal. And if if, well, if who, someone else likes it, then you know, bully well, who's for them. someone that you've liked that's new? Oh man. Um oh well you know, they're new to me at least. Uh oh great. This is gonna make me look great since I can't think of their name. <laughs> you you told me to listen to them. They, oh, they have that song called Seven. Men I Trust. Yes, Men yeah. I Trust. I point I was I was like, it's you got men, it's not men at work, it's not men without hats. Um Men <laughs> yeah. I Trust. Yeah, they're super good. Yes. Holy crap. I've been listening to that uncle or uncle yeah, or uncle whatever. Jazz, Again, yeah. That, yeah, that tends that seems to be kind of a it's like part greatest hits and part new stuff. I, I don't know what it is, but it's no, it's just, it's just like a, whatever like, it is, like, it's really good. Cause like that group, they, it was mainly like two guys for a long time that went to school together and they released maybe an EP and album. I think it was two albums actually. And it's just mainly instrumental. Um, and they didn't really have a singer. And then they met Emma, the singer. Right. And then it seems like to me at least, um, yeah. Cause it is like a very like lengthy. Piece. It is. Yeah. Um, easily it's a, a double album oh yeah oh yeah but it's um they met and it seems like almost like they were like we have these really good songs can you like help us flesh out some lyrics and add some accompanying pieces and like yeah because yeah that's their first like album as a ensemble or whatever you want to say as a group with with her and the mix and then their next one un the untourable album that was super good too right oh yeah but they're just they're just they really nailed the like jazz rhythmic like structure with that chill wave aesthetic yeah and her voice has just got that it's like that it, it's almost like a really good smooth jazz vocal but it's more like i don't know it's still in that indie place it's still yeah. kind of like that vibe but it's still got that sade kind of like yeah. you know 
sweetness to it. <laughs> I get so the way that I described it to someone, and I I apologize to men I trust if this is offensive, and I know they'll listen to this because they love your show. But um, <laughs> it sounds like if a like if an ecstasy dealer really got into jazz. <laughs> Okay, explain that. I, I, well, because you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Damn it. I thought if, I only if had If you to give me a, a shovel, digging my own grave will be a lot easier. Um, no, so it, it's... Because it, it has... There's like... It's got that kind of lo-fi, chill, you know, that I kind of associate. It's, it's not hip-hop and it's not EDM or anything like that. It's kind of its yeah. own thing. Well, it's like um, R and B, like chill wave almost, right? With the jazz rhythmic timing, right? Um, but it also like if if you if you take out if you remove the jazz part of things, uh-huh. it sounds like someone who would not be a headliner at an EDM festival. Like if you really strip it down, in my head. Mm. Uh, you know, and again, like I'm super sorry to <laughs> to men I trust. Um, I just see them like to me, I see them as a really refined because they've been at. I mean, at least the the main the main uh, like Drago, the the main guy that does the bass and I think he does ba- bass and piano and does right. the, most of the structure or production work. Like it seems like they've just finally really refined like how to execute like the vibe that they've they've always leaned into which is that like r&b like um that's a, a another great group that's very kind of in the same vein as them um moon child have you ever heard of them from, i think they're from la no yeah you should check them out because okay. they're like they're their their work is almost cousin to each other um they're much more on the r&b like, so, like oh, stylistic okay. and and but i think one thing that gives both of them that that feeling well no, i don't want to get away from this uh, men i trust i just feel like they're like a really refined like lo-fi indie sound but their structures are always like that really cool off timing like r&b beats or it's like a, a it might be very subtle because that's one thing like when i first saw the title of like uncle jazz like i don't know when i listened to the album it just i just thought it was just like an indie like alternative like little, <laughs> right. little group pumping out some tunes but then as i really just listened to it seriously I realized like just the the drum part, just the beat part was just like most of it was like a jazz like right rhythm, and I was like, oh, now I see why it's you know really called that. And I just yeah, I, I, it's just I don't know anyone I've I've suggested it to. There's like yeah, that's super good. I'm like right, it's like it magic, it's great. man. It's just like I don't like <laughs> it's but so soothing. Here, I guess here's here's the best way I can try and articulate what I'm saying because I, I my my dig my, yourself out of that hole. Yeah, so. <laughs> If you heard a Men I Trust song uh-huh. and a at some point like the bass dropped and it kind of took a slightly EDM-y direction, a more EDM right like direction, how surprising would that really I mean, well you've listened to them that, enough, but that, if you Okay, I, I that would surprise me. And I have a relatable thing, and I'd be curious if if they do ever hear this because I actually think I helped them catch someone that tried to jack their music. Like someone put music out as one of their remixes, but it wasn't approved like by oh, them. Yeah. And it was like an EDM, like kind of like dance, like mix of one of their songs. And I was like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that because it actually it tagged them or included them in like on streaming, like on Apple music. Oh, I wow. was like, 
oh, they rem- they released a remix? That's so crazy. And I listened to it. I'm like, oh, this is nuts. And then it was removed like the next day. I was like, oh, oh wow. Someone, because I remember I posted it on my story. Like, wow, this is unexpected. And then I think they saw my story. And then the day after it was gone. I was like, whoa. But the. Uh, so so the only other person who clearly thinks the same way I do. Was this random Plagiarized person. their music and is a criminal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a miscreant. There you go. So you oh, have man. someone on your side. Yes. Me but, and the other malfeasant person out there. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that but but now like sorry man i trust i really do love your work don't change it <laughs> don't change it it's perfect like yeah i just i just don't get that from it to me it doesn't it wouldn't shift or pivot to like an edm style it would it would pivot even further to like the lo-fi indie side like stronger than anything you know i'm talking about the dudes that are only going to play on you know the warmest you know moog synthesizer right. <laughs> and then they're going to record it on their digital platform and then run that on ta- on a tape machine and then record that for the shittier version yeah. you know to get that good you know lo-fi <laughs> like that's the way i feel like they they would lean into you know like you know yeah. home studio stuff not right. like fucking yeah. getting the did you recover any eight track tapes from Chernobyl that I could buy from you? Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, but we have a great right. three mile island, right? Like it's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's the more degraded, the better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if it's, if it's bound to sprout living tissue at some point, that is absolutely the tape you want to record on. It's not even cellulose or celluloid at all anymore. Worse. Just run a <laughs> magnet over it. Yeah. <laughs> even worse. But now that they're, they, they're one of my favorite, like, new people that oh, they're great come into my world like i don't know like because i certainly started listening to them last year and i'm all the way in on yeah them, but well, it was september or october or whatever i think when you first recommended them to me and it, mm. it took me i listened to them a little bit shortly thereafter but really i i had a i had a couple of very long work days mm-hmm. um and actually after i had exhausted all of the other um, music mythology shows that I hadn't caught yet, which is a true story. I'm not just saying that to kiss your ass, but um, when I when I caught all the rest of the music mythology that I hadn't listened to yet, I was like, man, what should I listen to? And I literally, like, I'll take a picture of it tomorrow. I had a post-it note on my office wall that said, Men I Trust 7 underneath it. And then underneath that, it said, uh, Romo. <laughs> And I was like, so I knew it came from you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. And so I got on, you know, whatever and started listening to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like now that I had some time to really devote Dial to it. I was in, like, oh, yeah. yeah, this is cool. Well, and I, yeah, now that's always a song I give anyone to start with them. because Yeah, that, it's, a, it's a good jumping off point. Yeah, well, that, sure. I mean, it's definitely not the overall vibe of all their music. But that that guitar, like the the it's just great i don't even want to try and break it down it's yeah. just like you hear it and you're just like oh yeah i think that's a great groove <laughs> but you know the, the other thing other than listening to men i trust um the other thing i've been doing a lot to uh recently that is interesting is there's two things and the first is going to bring it back to george martin just a little bit mm. and i will take songs that i know fairly well mm-hmm and I will try and listen to them and really I'll listen to them four or five or six times mm-hmm. and really trying to focus on like one, one instrument. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I love, I, you know, because it's people, you know, rhythm guitars, especially in rock and roll, get lost all the time. Oh, sure. Right. 
and or, or um, the bass man yeah oh yeah the bassist well, and, and it's interesting sometimes how it's mixed too it's like if right. the producer's like we don't need a lot of bass in this song right. but then like the bass man's like man you don't yeah. hear me like <laughs> I, I know right it's like, like you feel fortunate that that led zeppelin's producers generally let john paul jones go because he's he was so good yeah and, and actually, you, you wonder how many musically people, talented right but you wonder how many basses just got like overpowered by a domineering producer and they're like over there just like slapping and some serious funk down just and no one stick gives to a crap. The basic timing guy. Yeah. <laughs> bump, bump. yeah. Seriously, if you play anything between beats, like you are done. You're kicked out of the band. That, that's why, like, well, I mean, that, that that's why, like, I don't know, some people say, like, Paul isn't, like, a super hyper-impressive bassist, but, like, I, I, I one, I think he is, um, but two, like, he's he, he also, because of the way uh, probably because he had was they had more say in it as artists like involvement like by their late albums right like his parts always stand out like it's never like the bass isn't like washed out because you know like if you if you really gave give the bass power in a song i mean it, it it's it's already the backbone because it's combining the rhythmic section and like the melodic part um, right and note structures but if you bring it up to more to the front and give it more power or say in the song like it can really like feel like it's controlling the song or, you know, really feel like it's guiding it. Cause I mean, I mean, it's, it's all in unison, but like there's something about it. If it's, it's, it's really balanced well. And like, I don't know, there's just a handful of Beatles songs. Like I remember that being kind of my first uh, awakening to like a bass cutting through and being like really dynamic, like in um, like well, even uh, in Maxwell's silver hammer, mm. like to me, that's one of those bass lines and it's super elementary, but it just, it, it, it is there and it feels like it's kind of, it's, you know, it's the binding that holds all the pages together in the yeah. book. And it, it uh, well, that's, the, that's the one that jumps. And then, you know, you go to the other end, you go like, I want you, see, she's so heavy. That's what I was just about to say. Right. Cause he's got like this, like, like he's like, right. he's like fast and then like groove, like slow, like blues groove. And he's got like this weird, it's almost like he's making sound effects rather than trying to play the song, right. you know? Um, and there's other, there's other ones that he has such an odd approach to like just a funky approach right. to it, but like, it's really there. Like, you, especially in the, um, well, and it's, 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 it's the, I was going to say, especially in the new mixes that they've done in the last few years of the songs. But I think that's just what I'm talking about is that, uh, most of them are Giles Martin, but like, it's a modern, more modern producer right. going into it and realizing like, oh, we should hear everybody. Like, shouldn't it just be like rhythm led, like and you only hear the 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 drums and the bass is there in the corner it's like let's make sure that's you know cutting through for the people that want to hear the bass <laughs> right yeah because yeah because i gotta talk about that with my dad sometimes that like because when he was growing up that the bass wasn't really the the leading part of the song because you know like i feel like people that grew up around more like hip-hop and like more of the modern pop like there's a lot more like bass like that keeps the groove of the song or like that's how you're keeping your time and you're how you're getting into the flow but like and before i mean it was there but it wasn't like thumping in your face most of the time until you got later on in music but i just feel like like especially in like the early or mid 60s and like back like the bass most of the time wasn't like in your face <laughs> right yeah and you know you had you had bands that might have a song or two like that and then mm -hmm. then you know i guess in the in the mid and late seventies, you had a lot of funk coming in that was not afraid of being more bass heavy. So, you yeah. know, you, you know, if you hear a, 
a Parliament Funkadelic song, like yeah. you hear the bass, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's or Sly and the Family Stone, you right? Know I mean? Yeah, it's because they want they they want it to really be the backbone, like they want it to like shine through, and right, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say, but yeah, no, like that. That's why, like, whenever I'm at a show or like, like, um, like, I mean, Karunbin's a great example. Like, absolutely, the, the bass can just be so funky, and like, you just want to listen to it by itself, just because like it's its own little unique groove, and like that's great. But then, yeah, there's nothing wrong with the simple, you know, back right. and forth. But how did we get on bass? Oh, I just, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Um, I, I wish I would have said we singled the left field. That would have been a good answer for how we got on base. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. oh man. <laughs> um, <laughs> man well, opportunity. Still Can you edit that to make it sound uh, like I was witty? Um, probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. you. Give people the wrong impression that I was witty. Um, no, yeah, but I, I'm I'm with you though. So, it, you, but we were talking about listening to one instrument, oh, one oh, song. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's so it's it's in listening to the rhythm part because it's easy to listen to the lead guitar, right? Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. during solos, obviously. Yeah. And you know, drums. Sure, you've got some stuff way back when when producers didn't even really want to put a mic by a kick drum and so you're you're losing that aspect and all you're hearing is like snare and cymbals that's what was interesting watching um the get back stuff right because they only had like the two overhead right on ringo and i was like they're I, missing all I the ha- kick i have like eight mics on my yeah <laughs> on my drum. <laughs> well there's you know like um you know john bonham liked to set his own mics up you know, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I think, I think his drum techs started and then he finished, you know, he fine tuned mm-hmm. it. And, but, you know, John Bonham, and, and don't me wrong, I love Ringo. Ringo played absolutely what the Beatles needed. Sure, yeah. But, you know, John Bonham is, he was just a more aggressive, proactive drummer mm. because that's what the music called for. I, you know, pure, sure. right? And, well, and you just, it's like, not, nothing against Ringo, right. not nothing against George either. Right. But like, they had the, like the Beatles had their strengths. Right. Right. Like one, you know, like Paul was probably like the best communicator, but like, doesn't mean like he was willing to talk. Probably just like he was the best communi- like he was the best at explaining like what needed to happen and like whatever right. direction. And and you know like George was still learning how to like sing and like build a song like confidently. Ringo would just you know kept time and did his style right um but if you had like people like Zeppelin where like three out of four of them are like already like just monster musicians right <laughs> then like yeah I feel like because we talked about this on on the Zeppelin review where it's right. like it's not just like there's this ego thing where you have to like prove yourself it's like you're kind of already proven right <laughs> and so now you're like well I got a really beef up and like make sure that like i'm either gonna fit in some rapid crazy fill or like some you know weird timing and but like i can't just keep it simple right it's <laughs> well because it, it's not about getting to the top it's about staying at the top in, in right. their minds right and yeah. so it's it's you you know and in people who stay successful for long times pretty much you know not to wax philosophical here but you know, it doesn't really matter what area it is, but people who are successful for a long time, they always adapt and figure out new ways to be good at what they're doing, right? Yeah. 
How to and, complicate it. Right. And and uh, that's, uh, you know, musicians with lasting appeal. Now, you get to some point, right? Like, the Rolling Stones aren't innovative anymore, right? Like, yeah. no one is saying, oh, man, did you see what the Rolling Stones did on their last album? That's amazing. <laughs> this brand new thing. Did you see their dubstep album? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but, you know, it's not too late for some people. Um, <laughs> sure. I mean, take a swing at it. Like, I, you know? Exactly. Like, I, 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 like I'm... John Mayer's new album, and I like oh, the I am, whole like eighties aesthetic. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, and yeah. I, like I, I'm a John Mayer fanboy. I really am. Like <laughs> I try not to be, but and I'm trying to. Yeah, that guy's a douchebag. And then, then I listen to his music. And I'm like, God dang dang, it. but he's so damn good. Yeah, and then I'll like watch <laughs> interviews, and I'm like, God dang it, he's personable too. Crap, he's why like, can't this guy suck? He's, he's he's friends with everybody. I, I know, like, like, no one has anything bad to say. I'm, like, I'm just like, except can't you be exes. a dick so I can just hate you? But it's, <laughs> but instead, like, I love John Mayer. I yeah. will say that I love John Mayer. But yeah, his new album's really good. Like, it is, like, and it's a whole last new thing. train home and new light. Like those are like, yeah, those are classics. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, and it does fit that kind of like '80s. Like you could, it does, and even even the the album, it's like a t-shirt oh, cover, with yeah. an oversized blazer with the sleeves. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he looks like he an has, extra. Like, the, the great buy or great purchase sticker on the exactly. whatever and it's like yeah that's exactly like what i think of an 80s album yeah <laughs> or like what it could be like right he, he a looks an offshoot <laughs> yeah he, he looks like an he's dressed like an extra from the cosby show yeah. right and and it's it has that sound it does have the like or some like saved by the bell like yeah add-on character and it's a, like i you know eric clapton you know so he had what uh Oh man, Forever Man. That's like an mm. '80s Eric Clapton, and, and you know, like that song. I don't think is very good, but it does fit. The, it's like a really good guitarist, really getting into that '80s sound. Well, I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna, I was trying to think of like '80s like album aesthetics, and then like I was trying to think of like Phil Collins. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then like in my mind, I was like, wait, like all his '80s albums are just his face. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so exactly. It's not really aesthetic. It's just like Phil. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like it's just like, hey, how do, how do we minimize how big your forehead actually is? Let's take a picture really close just up get, so that we only get like eighty percent of your forehead, but it looks like a hundred percent of a regular forehead. Yeah, they're like every they yeah, no jacket required. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, what's the one with uh, another day in paradise? I forget what that was. Yeah, the, me too. It's like it has an ellipses and then something. Right. But so, <laughs> sorry to Phil Collins too. We're really, really. I am really butchering things today. <laughs> Sam's keeping us together. Do you know, do you know what? Uh, do you know that when he remastered those albums, have you seen that he swapped out the artwork? No. So now, like on all digital versions of it, it's no longer like that young whatever he looked like when he actually released them. It's now. It's like whenever he remastered him, he took a picture of his face and then oh. swapped it out. So now all the versions. Good for him. It's like the older version of him. Like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Maybe confuse some people, and they're like, "Probably, wow, he look, he's he's still alive, and he was that old when he released um, Sudia, <laughs> su, su, Sudia." Yeah, I hate that song. Oh, that I do song too. It's so just... bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's like temporary secretary to me, man. It's yeah, it's like the worst. It'll just get stuck in your head. It does. Like, That's a, like um, I don't think. There are so like my wife doesn't super understand how you can get something that you hate so much stuck, stuck in, in your head. head for that long. It's just because I think it's still melodic. <laughs> like it's yeah, still, it's still catchy, but my god, in the worst ways. It's just like I don't know. 
in nature, like what's one of the worst things that can cling to you? Something with like a barb in it, right? Right. And so it's like musically <laughs> and, yeah. like, and like uh, neurally, like, like you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like however a memory can become more chunked. I think that is like that is a psychological term. It is a real term. Like, cause chunking is like a type of memory where like you can think of a lot of things and it's complimentary and it like makes it last a little longer. Right. Like a, like a phone number. Like when you're going to call the pizza man, you're like, what's the phone number? Like old school, like now, right. now, but when you would look it up and you could remember it for a good 10 seconds because you chunk that information prior priorities together and then it's gone and it's fleeting. But like, there's something about that, that like, it just barbs into your, <laughs> into your neural network. And you're like, remember like how much you hated that? Like. It's almost like survival. Remember how much you hated that? We're not going to forget that because you hated it so much. Yeah. Just like, just like, you know, what the, um, that, um, social media documentary with, uh, what's it called? Um, forget what it's called, but it's like the talk, social dilemma, the social one? dilemma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where they talk about like the way they were programmed was psychologically made to like trigger your, or hijack your biological response of survival. Like that's why we feed you bad news all the time because then you'll be obsessed with it because the survival biological part of your brain is just like fuck you remember how crazy it is you keep checking on it make sure it doesn't get too bad i think it's the same thing musically your brain's just like that was terrible like yeah i'm not gonna never forget, forget that. how bad this is <laughs> i'll never let that go because when, as soon as you hear that again you need to know to shut it off but then as soon as you hear it again it's reactivated internally <laughs> yeah and well and you know the, the other stupid part if 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 you told me today, pick any band. Uh, literally, I want you to literally right now pick any band in the history of time that okay. is actually still making music. Okay, uh, think of one right now. Say it out loud. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> damn it. No. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, um, no, I want to think of like a good like um, random uh, the Isley Brothers. Okay, if the Isley Brothers did a cover of Susu Studio. <laughs> You're damn right. I'd listen to it. Oh well, yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> oh, dude, like, if, I, if, I hate that song so much, and I don't. But I guess maybe that's the other part. Is it's also like, how can it possibly be worse? <laughs> all right. Well, it's also like, I'm trying to think of what song because you know, there's all those like tribute albums to like the old cats, right? Like, like yeah. Like it's like there's a uh, dedicated is one yeah. of my favorite ones was well, to the Grateful Dead and they mm, spelled oh yeah oh, that's a good one Acadian. there's one called the Art of McCartney um, and it's like from like 2011 and it, oh it has BB King on it he has a cover of uh, On My Way Home oh uh, nice from from McCartney too yeah so that's really good because I've always loved that that song it's such a random blues song from McCartney um, but uh, that that's the only song I really liked on the cover album. I'm trying to remember. Here, I'm gonna look it up. Um, I can, I, I can figure this out though. The, the, there is a cover though that I was like, oh god. <laughs> they, they did. I'm trying to remember what song it is, but it was Al City. You know, wow. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. fire, fireflies. Yeah. Guy. I randomly saw them opening for John Mayer oh, one time. Wow. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, yeah, in the woodlands. He does. Wow, that's random. Yeah, I know. He does. Strange. What song does he do? Where are you? I'm looking on it right now. Yeah. Oh, listen to what listen to what the man said from Venus and Mars. Okay, and like that song, that's one of those songs. Like whenever I like it, I bring it up to someone or whatever. Like I feel like there's another McCartney song. You either love it or hate it. Um, but like, yeah, that version's terrible. The Al City <laughs> version one. Um, that was one that I was like, oh, I'll listen to that because that's gonna be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I like li listen to what the man said. Um, but but yeah, that's that's no that's no good. But no, literally, if there's a bad song, 
or it's like one of those songs where I just like I could never get into, but then someone covers it. Like that's what that's why I bring up those like dedication albums or those. Oh yeah, uh, because like they'll, they'll you'll get those outliers like I don't know, like the Eagles of Death Metal or like uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the Flaming Lips or like Conan O'Brien to like cover some random song. Because you know Conan O'Brien covers Old Brown Shoe. Yeah, uh, uh, on a Harrison. Uh, yeah. Uh, honor thing. it does a good job it does a really damn good yeah. job and there's a there's a video live version of it too and he is it really yeah and he's killing it up. man he's just like yeah <laughs> he's yeah like getting it well, i know he can shred a little bit yeah <laughs> he's getting it man um but yeah like I, I i like those albums for those moments where i'm like i never given this song a serious listen to so now let's see you know this death metal version of it and see if i like it and then i'll revisit the original but no, I will always listen to the terrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> like if it's a bad song and someone else took a crack out, I'm like, what the hell? What yeah. is Chicano Batman going to do to this song? Or like, what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> well, I I love all. I I will give any cross genre cover a chance. Yeah. Any I, like, if I find there's a great, I I, think I might have even put it on Facebook the other day. There's a bluegrass cover band called the Cleverlies. Mm. Uh, my business partner. Uh, Cole Shooter told me about them and they've been around forever. I just, you know, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not up to date on the bluegrass cover band scene. So I, I had not heard of them. And that, like, they do, the, like, they do walk like an Egyptian, but uh-huh. bluegrass. Oh, and it's, it's neat. Like, but they also do Gangnam style. And this guy actually sings in Korean, but oh, wow. he sounds like a redneck. So, like, picture, you know, someone from like, the backwaters of Georgia singing in Korean. It's hilarious. <laughs> like a civil war reenactor singing in Korean. It will blow your mind, man. Uh, but yeah, cleverly C L E V E R L Y S. Interesting. And there's a, how do you spell karaoke? Oh, <laughs> K A R A O O A K E. A O K E O A. I don't know. That's terrible. I don't want to derail you because I I just I just remember my uncle gave me suggested a group that's like this. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, there's like another one called like the it. Gourds, and the actually this is a great segue. The Gourds, um, they have a lead singer. Uh, so they they had a cover of Gin and Juice, the mm. old the old Snoop song, right? Uh-huh. And their lead singer uh, goes professionally by the name Shiny Ribs. <laughs> And Shiny Ribs apparently is like an Austin legend. Like, mm. you know, they, they are big in the Austin music scene. I saw them at the Kessler in December here in Dallas. Uh-huh. And uh, they did a Christmas concert called the Chris Kringle Tingle, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but it was like a bunch of soul and kind of R&B spins on... Christmas, so well, mm. and like, like that, you, you know, that uh, the the TLC song Waterfalls, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they did a parody of that, Don't Go Chasing Santa Claus, <laughs> nice. but they also like sold it up, so it sounded like good, like late 60s, early 70s, kind of Motown, mm. very soulful. If anyone ever, and I, I promise we're not getting compensated for this in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. If you ever have an opportunity to see Shiny Ribs in concert, take it. I mean, the the front man, unbelievably charismatic, a great front man. They have backup singers, a ton of soul, nice. a drummer who plays traditional uh, grip and uh-huh. is fast, a very, very, very fast drummer, a great horn section, great nice. keyboardist, very good bassist. I nice. mean, 
and the bassist that was with him, the Kessler looks like he's about seven feet tall. So that's kind of cool too. <laughs> like he almost looks like the dude from Nirvana, just like towering over everyone else. <laughs> but it's yeah. So, but that's but you know they they solified a lot of other songs because they did pure covers. They played a few mm, of their own songs true. and they did a couple of the kind of jokey parodies of Christmas songs mm. and that kind of thing. But everything was really good and I, I any cross genre cover I'll listen to it one of my favorite albums of all time hmm. is called Dave Diggs Disney and it is a Dave Brubeck quartet hmm. jazz album of Disney songs but rearranged to be an odd Dave Brubeck time signatures oh. so you hear like hi ho hi ho it's off to work we go but in nine five time <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, it's it's a great it's a great out. And I used to when I was studying for the uh, the the LSAT, uh-huh. um, I would go to the library in my hometown, and I would put Dave Diggs Disney on, and I'd study for the LSAT. And even when I took the LSAT, if I got a question that was similar to one of my like study questions, sometimes I would hear oh the sound. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, so so it, it really holds a special place in my heart. Huh. Yeah, I've never listened to that one. I mean, I've, I've listened to the Dave before. Um, oh, yeah. Dave, sure. Dave I mean, Brubeck, that, you know, so we, we talk five. about we talk about musical evolution and how our tastes have have developed. Um, so I didn't I didn't listen to jazz at all growing up and I graduated from high school, still hadn't really listened to jazz much. Um, you know, occasionally I'd listen to. KNTU. One of one of my good friends would listen to the UNT radio station. Oh, okay. Um, and they they played jazz, but otherwise I wasn't really exposed to it. In my freshman year of college, I took music appreciation at Texas State with a professor named Morris Nelms, hmm. who, as far as I know, is still alive and uh, playing piano and jazz ensembles and clubs in San Marcos and Austin when he's not teaching. Nice. Um, he was kind of a little short round guy, looked like Santa Claus, big old white beard. But he, uh, for, for his class, one of the, one of the things we had to do is we had to go to the Texas state music library, check out one of, you know, like 30 or 40 albums he had listed on Mm. the acceptable thing, Uh listen to it and then write a paper on how he liked it. That's awesome. Um, I wanted to get. Ella Fitzgerald live at the Newport Jazz Festival, but someone mm. else checked it out first, mm. and they said, "Do you want Time Out by the Dave Brubeck Quartet?" Mm. And I said, "Yeah, sure. What the hell?" And then listened to it, and that was my favorite. And the only reason I wanted Ella Fitzgerald's because that was literally the only person on the list whose name that I you knew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said, you know, I saw like Cannonball Adderley, and I'm like, that sounds like a professional wrestler. No thanks. <laughs> All right, like I had no idea. No, I Big Bill Brunzi. Who now I love, by the way, but, but that was another one. I'm like, what is this guy a showman? Like he, he's he's the he's the strong man in a circus. Jesse Ventura versus <laughs> yeah, Big Bill Brunzi versus Jesse the Body Ventura <laughs> for the belt. Literally, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I, I checked out um, Time Out by Dave Brubeck mm. and the Dave Brubeck Quartet and listened to it, and it it I mean that was probably the last time that I really felt like I had my entire musical taste turned on its head. Mm. I mean, because I like I listened to it and it's a beautiful album. I encourage yeah. anyone to go pick it up. And it when I when I finished it, I immediately listened to it again. I mean, I, I, I have a mm. distinct memory 
listen to it again. Then I listened to it a third time as it burned onto my computer. Oh, yeah. Um, because I checked out an actual CD because it was 2007. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, after the third or fourth time listening through, I, I actually kind of got, uh, not sad, but you know what? I'm going to use a word I don't get to use very much. Melancholy. I, I felt a little melancholy because it was like, this that album came out in the late 50s or whatever mm-hmm. and you know and i'm like okay well for its first 30 years of existence i didn't exist so i can't fault myself for not knowing it then sure but at some point in the 19 years that had been between the time i had been born and the time i was hearing that album for the first time it pissed me off and made me a little bit sad that i didn't have an opportunity to hear that album sooner mm and it felt like that there was this world of music, of jazz, that wasn't so tangential. and what? Because my idea of jazz was people in black turtlenecks listening to bad, out-of-tune music and appreciating it because they're contrarians. Right. right. Or like they want that weird off-time shit that's just like... Yeah. And that's it, not, it's, or like acid jazz. It's not even really acid jazz. They were on acid playing jazz. Yeah. And it's just crazy. And you're like, right. don't you love that, man? And they just wanted to listen to it just to be able to look down on people who had never heard of it. It's because you're, right. you're not in the know. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. And it, it's, like, it's like hipsters, but worse. Yeah. Like, you know. I, right. Well, I mean, if I... I that's kind of the same term. I think that term kind of popped up during that time period where people were like, oh, well, you... Yeah. You're just a hipster. You just think you know everything. It's not. It's not this like you make your own coffee and you yeah. <laughs> wear certain types of glasses and you have a certain kind of a haircut. It's like no. It's like you thought you were the um, the gatekeeper of this type of culture. You know, yeah. this is someone's like, I'm not a hipster. I'm just from Seattle. <laughs> we just I dress this way. It. <laughs> yeah. It's like the gate's wide open. I don't judge anyone. I just I just wear skinny jeans. <laughs> I just like soccer. I promise. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, and I immediately went out. I checked out a lot more of the albums on Professor Nelms's list. That's a beautiful moment, though. Yeah, I, I burned them all to my seat, uh, my computer. And some of them I didn't like, I, you know. Oh, well, sure. Sure. Well, I mean, like, when I, when I, uh, there's a buddy I've had on the show a couple of times, Gabriel Parker. Like, we, we've talked about jazz and stuff like that. And, and, um, um, there was just one period where I just got really in, like, deep. And I went a deep dive, like, the out like the people I just never really sought out. And I was like, Oh, I'll stay in this certain lane and whatever. But I just did a deep dive and went all over the place. And, and obviously, yeah, like, like I think Sonny Chirac is amazing, but like, there's also parts of him that, that parts of his stuff that's just like, really like, it's meant to be chaotic and it's meant to be crazy, but it's just like something that like, I don't know, I'm not audibly going to introduce that like, to myself right. all the time. And so like, there's, there's parts of his catalog that I think are beautiful. There's other parts I just like, I know what it is, but it's like, it's not noise art or anything, but it's its own form, you know, but like that, that's like just such a tremendous moment. It's like finding out your brain has like more room in it for something else. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's, like, yeah, that is very well put. And that is what it felt like. Yeah. Cause like, Oh my God, I can stuff more stuff in there. That's like this. Oh wow. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, this is like, yeah, I don't know, cause like, I mean, like, yeah, let's like, like we'll go back to the beginning of our conversation. Like, that's how it kind of felt like when I was playing Dave Mira and paying attention to the music, and right. being like, oh, I like, especially me and like in my lifetime, like, I was like, I have been dissuaded and like put fear into me about don't listen to like heavy metal because like there's only bad messages and like stuff like that. I had this weird perception. So like, as I'm listening <laughs> to like these heavier songs, I'm like, 
oh, this is cool. Like, then, like, <laughs> then, like, I'm, li- I'm actually actively listening to what they're saying too, and it's like not, it's not telling me to do anything like stupid. It's not persuading me to be a certain way. It's like, and I know who I am, so they don't have to sway me to be anything. I can just experience and like. No, as soon as I realized the mobility in that and realizing like, yeah, oh, I have this like new chamber unlocked in my mind for this, for this type of music. Like it was so invigorating because it's like, oh, wow. Like it's just amazing because it, yeah, it just, it feels like you've been put into a classroom of something that you're actually like, oh, I don't want to learn this. I yeah. actually want to learn this. <laughs> That's yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an elective is what yeah. it is. It's that's what it's, it's, that's exactly what it is. It's like, it's it's a practical elective it's a world elective yeah well and i think for other for people that use music a certain way too like medicinally or just like what i said like a lot like to be the soundtrack of my life like i'm gonna do this so i think this would fit the mood or whatever like i think that's also a dynamic in it as you realize like oh i have mobility for a different kind of internal power you're like this is a song i need for like when i'm like this is a very pensive album like this is when like i need to you know like uh washed out it's like newest album purple noon right love it it was the the uh you know my, my spotify rap or whatever right i i mainly i use like the free spotify but i have uh, apple music mainly because me and my wife share it uh my like spotify rap which is mainly only my work music because i i have a spotify app on my my I don't know why I do that, but, (laughs) um, but it just proved to me that like my Spotify rap was like, oh, and my Apple music had like a 2020 or 2021, like highlights, whatever. But that album, that washed out album, purple noon was like at the height of like all of them because I, I just played it so much, like as I was working, because like, that's how I would describe it. It's like, it's a pensive like album. It's just like something that like, I like to think while listening, while experiencing that album like that. It doesn't distract me. It just sways me and 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 keeps me in a certain mood so like that's you know bring up like using it medicinally like that's why i love experiencing like a good new form of art or whatever because i feel like now i have this new form not in not form of independence but yeah like a form of power to use it again in a different way and that's i don't know i've always seen music like that but i think it's always been because of the formula that like my parents gave me like i was saying before like don't they would tell me like don't listen to hard rock heavy metal death metal i mean they put the fear into me because they're like that could change like who you are i'm like what the hell like what is what is the what are they telling you in these songs like but they would never play them for me you know so there was no like immediate reference they would just like tell me or like my grandfather or like someone else like at the church being a little extra about like you know what it could mean or what it could do to you and so like I always had this idea of like music could like sway you, it could like alter you or whatever without really having this like concept, you know, like a wieldable concept. I was right. just like, oh, well, you know, music could like affect you. And so like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it's a long winded version of explaining it. But yeah, I just really feel like that's a part of that excitement you get when you hear that. That it, you're yeah. like, oh shit, like, oh, I could use that again. Like that's, this is perfect. Like. This is great. It's like finding a good friend. It's like finding a friend that like knows a certain part of you. And you're like, wow, I don't even have to explain this. So you, yeah. get, you get this part of me. Oh, this is amazing. Like, I, I'm going to bring you into this every time. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the same thing with the song. You're like, I'm gonna, that song is like a friend to me, man. I need that right right here to know that this is happening. Yeah. No, that, that's exactly right. And I, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? 
It's, it's, yeah, it's nuts. It's, it's insane. It's and, like a tool. It's like, oh, that, like to go off to connect my other random tangent from earlier. It's like finding out that power drill exists. You're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, oh, screw things in. Whoa, this is amazing. Or like, when, or like some, I just think of like someone that's like, I don't like jazz. And you hear something that is jazz for the first time. Like, that's that's what jazz can be like. Whoa. Yeah. Well, it's, I, you know, I'll, I'll give you, uh, this is a, oh my God, this is such a first world um kind of analogy um so when i was when i was in high school i played sports a lot like a lot of people i'm Mm. (laughs) i mean i'm obviously special i'm the only guy who played sports in high school um but you know like a lot of high school uh people who played sports i was hurt a lot i didn't really listen to doctors and stuff when they would tell me to stay off things right Mm. so by the time i was 18 like i was always sore (laughs) You know, didn't matter what I did. Like I'd wake up, I'm like, oh yeah, my legs, back, and arms hurt. That's probably normal for someone 18. Let's just keep going. And uh, I had a doctor recommend that I get a massage one time when I was in high school, and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. I hear about rich, fancy people getting massages. I'll pretend to be rich and fancy for a day. So we went to this place in Mesquite, Texas, um, and this woman who gave me a massage looked like she had probably been like a shot putter on like the Soviet Olympic team. <laughs> like she I'm I'm six foot three and like I was taller than her, but by like an inch. Oh wow. Um and she I don't know, she was bigger than me, uh, stronger. I mean not heftier. I mean she looked like she could tear a phone book in half and like, <laughs> you know, if someone was parked in her parking space, she could just like lift the car out of it. <laughs> and she man she bent me into a pretzel like she i remember at the end like it hurt every time she moved something i would make this really terrible awkward like squeaky noise of me trying not to show pain because i was too much of a macho dick to like it's like oh yeah yeah and then and then she would do something and i would just go accidentally you know and and which makes it so much worse right like that is the least dignified noise to make in that situation and i remember at the end of it she didn't have an accident but i'm gonna add one um because she was from texas but so she but she was like yes you will feel better tomorrow you know and i was like well yeah it's because you just beat this shit out of me for an hour and a half of course i'll feel better tomorrow so i'm gonna take pain medicine tomorrow yeah it's just like what are you giving me a percocet prescription too i guarantee i'll feel better tomorrow after that but you know but then later it would be like I, you know, and, it, and and by the way, true to her word, I did feel better tomorrow, but only in the same way that someone who has recently not been on fire feels better. <laughs> it's like they're still very burned, but they're not actively on fire. Like they're no longer actively burning. Like they're a solid, medium, rare. <laughs> they don't need to cook anymore, but they don't feel great. Um, but, you know, for years I was terrified. And my parents both get massages. They're very big into massages mm. and all this stuff. And they kept saying, oh, get a massage, get a massage. I'm like, no, I don't know how y'all are doing it. I was, I, I honest to God was like, am I like the biggest pansy on earth? Like my mom can get just thrown around and bent into knots every month and like doesn't flinch. And it happened to me once and I walked crooked for a week and a half. <laughs> And then they finally, they finally convinced me when I was in law school and I was, I was working out a lot and stressed and all this stuff. 
And they finally convinced me. I'm like, all right, but I'm not going to some East German, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to someone who might have worked for the KGB at one point. <laughs> the Russian Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to someone who, <laughs> who, who, you know, was taken hostage at the 72 Olympics in Munich and um, recently released from the Gulag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I went and I got up and it was great. Like there was music and like essential oils and everything. You know, she would, she would touch me with like the same tenderness that you shake a very old man's hand and then be like, is that too firm? And I'm like, no, is that, I mean, she, she treated me like I was a freshly hatched bird and it was fantastic. And now I get massages pretty regularly and they, they do help by the way i'm i'm pro massage uh it's a pro massage message and but it, that's that to bring this all back home yeah. right and i apologize for that but it's like music like that if you if you want to get people into something new if you want to get people into jazz you don't have them listen to acid jazz, <laughs> yeah. right? You have them listen to Kind of Blue by Miles Davis, or you have yeah, them or listen take five. or Take Five, or you know, almost any kind of earlier Coltrane yeah. or, or mid-career Sonny Rollins Which, or whatever. Funny thing about Take Five, you know that he made that originally to not be like super accessible. Yeah, like he was trying to compose something like yeah, cutting edge and like complex, and then people were like. Oh yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. Uh, then yeah. everyone was like, "Jokes on you, jackass! We love it." <laughs> Top forty. <laughs> Enjoy your Damn. legacy. Enjoy your reputation as a genius. Yeah, freaking hipster. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Jokes on you, idiot. <laughs> everyone loves you now. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Respected. Good. Well, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Like seriously though, yeah. And, and but but that is the thing, right? It's in it's you. People talk about this with the Grateful Dead a lot. Mm. Like if you want to introduce someone to the Grateful Dead, you don't play them Grateful Dead from the '60s mm. because the '60s Grateful Dead was acid and plug in, and you play for 40 minutes nonstop, and it never quite sounds like everyone's on the same page. But it's, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. Once you've listened to them enough to kind well, of know just, their thing. It's right? one of like chaotic jam albums where it's like, yeah, it's a 10 minute long like jam, but like, you know, like there's like 30 second intervals like every there now and then where everyone's like really links up for yeah. a second, you know, but then, yeah, Joe was just out of it and kept losing time. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, uh, you know, and you have Get that those... full off the drugs. Exactly. <laughs> And you, you know, you have that stuff and it, it does, it comes together in those moments when it comes together are beautiful and you're like, oh, that's why they feel comfortable being a little bit out of sync or sounding like they're a little sure, bit out of sync. Yeah. And they have those cues where they all come back and it's, yeah. you know, and it's, it's beautiful. But, you know, if you want, if you're trying to introduce someone to the Grateful Dead. Trying to be approachable here. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you listen to Reckoning or Europe 72 or American Beauty or one of the, the real staple. And, the, and those are great. I'm not, I mean, Reckoning is probably my favorite live album they did. And it's an acoustic, very, I mean, you could almost play it on like KVIL, <laughs> or which I guess probably doesn't play that kind of music anymore. But whatever mm. the easy listening station <laughs> here in Dallas is anymore. But it's in Arlington, um, and but it's uh, it's just wild. But that that that's what I think of when you're introducing people to new music. Is mm -hmm. I always I don't want to give them 
the Soviet shot putter massage <laughs> first. I want to give him the 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 baby bird yeah massage for sure. <laughs> and yeah. that's it's it's just it's incredible, and it, it, it's it's insane that music can be an acquired liking. And it's not when you think about it, right? I mean, no one ever liked everything the first time they heard it. Always, I mean, oh, that, that's right. ridiculous. Well, I, I think, like, I'm not trying to like make this about me, but like, like, I feel like I have a good ear. Not like in like I know what good music is, but like I know how to relate it to like a mood or like what it's trying to communicate or like really what it comes through as. And so, like, whenever someone like that, like, like with men I trust, like. Seven, that is a super like dynamic, groovy like song. There's other songs you could listen to, and it's either gonna like it's purposely like slower and it's like a slow tempo, and it's like it might put you to sleep. Like, and I'm not gonna send to you, I might not tell you that. Like, I'm not gonna say, like, hey, it's gonna put you to sleep, like in a bad way. I'm like, I'm gonna send it to you because like you're looking for a song to put you put you to sleep. But I just feel like when you when you um if you latch on to a song not just because of like the branding or because of like um oh it sounds complex or like one little part of it that you thought was cool but like the whole song needs to be balanced or like the whole um or the album that is like i don't know i just feel like i don't get too bogged down by like what genre it is or what because i mean i definitely could be more diverse and like pivoting maybe to more like extreme sub sets of genres and stuff like that but like i don't know i feel like that's what makes a good listener i'll put it back to this is like if you're a good listener and relator of like in you know musical like information like saying like oh i think you would like this like a good curator like you you're not hung up on like oh just those drums are great man like every time i hear it like or like right. or because like you're a guitarist like as long as you know that the guitar sounds complicated but like you know, I mean, that, that's why, like, like, Zeppelin's a good example. It's, like, all of, their, all of them have their their niche complications. Like, all of them are, like, unique. And so it sounds like a great, like, wall of sound, like a great ensemble. But then, like, I don't know, some people might like a song just because of one little effect. Maybe just because of the this one little thing that popped. Like, yeah, like a jam-like song. It might just be, like, was one moment that happens, like, every two minutes in a <laughs> long song. But like, I don't know, everybody, everybody's different, but I just feel like if you're someone that really wants to communicate like what the music has to like offer, I just feel like that that's something that you have to be really like, that kind of cleaned up about as it's not, it, there's not like weird eclectic things about it. That's the only reason why you like it. Right. And it's like, it, it has to have like a real um, approachable composition, you know, and I get that, that's what we're talking about is, is like, you're not going to get, and there's going to be crazy, complicated, weird things, but like, if you're going to ease someone into it, just like if you're going to ease someone into like Swedish cuisine, like, I don't know, you're not probably not going to get like, oh, this is the crazy. Yeah, you got to work your way up to those Ikea meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you start there <laughs> and then you go outward. Yeah. I think like, that's probably what the kind of cheese burger. is this? You know, and like, <laughs> but like, yeah. And like, I don't know. I just think, I don't know like that if you're going to be a good relator <laughs> in general like that's what you got to focus up on is you can't just give them like oh this is when he went really crazy in the 80s you're like no you probably want to start him with <laughs> with you know like if you're going to listen to warren zevon like you're probably going to start with werewolves of london yeah <laughs> right in the whole really i mean if you want if you want i mean using warren zevon specifically mm -hmm. right 
if you want to get the feel for Warren Zevon's music writing style, mm. you listen to the self-titled album. Mm. And if you want to get a, a, a feel for his lyrical mm. style, yeah. then you listen to Excitable Boy, which has yeah, you know werewolves. Wolves, werewolves of London on it. And then after that, you know, then you, then you've got them both, right? You you could recognize the style from Self Titled and Excitable Boy, mm. and you recognize the lyrics, especially from Excitable Boy, and especially from the song mm. Excitable Boy. Mm. You know, he bit the usherette's leg in the dark. I mean, uh, right? <laughs> it's weird stuff. It's, it's yeah. a very and you know, I won't you know I won't spoil the song for anyone who hadn't heard it, but really, it's a great song, great album, great man. Warren Zevon was great. Yeah. He died too young, but um. You know, then you work your way up, and it, it's yeah, that's that's exactly right, and it is it is kind of funny, but I, I agree with what you're saying. And I what I what I have told people before is that as my my as I have gotten older and kind of learned how to appreciate more things is um, I you know first off I think I think one thing that is necessary is to look at yourself and think okay, do you generally like songs or when you hear a song for the first time. Do you generally like the melody first and listen to the melody first and really focus on that? Or are you a words person? Right. My wife is a lyrics person. She will listen Mm. to a song that sounds terrible if it has great lyrics. Mm. Right. Whereas I will listen to a song with terrible lyrics as long as it has a great sound. Yeah, that's me. Right. And it's, you know, that's just a fundamental, you know, it's a fundamental thing. And I don't know where that comes from. I mean, I, I, I played trumpet in sixth grade. That was the first time I ever played music. And Mm. yeah, I dabble with stuff now, but I'm not very good. So it can't be that I'm like some musician who learns how to listen. But, you know, uh, but at the same time, maybe it does require a little bit of know-how because I can hear a chord change and I can hear a key right. change. And those are things that my wife doesn't care about. Or just you you have a reward structure in your mind somehow for either the constant or the change where someone right. might just be like, oh, this is a good story. I'm going to keep listening to how this unfolds. But instead you're like, oh, this is probably the chorus. I wonder if there's going to be a solo. And you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And then you get satisfaction either if it, if it happens or if it doesn't. And then you have this, you just have, you have concept in mind while their concept is just story or lyrical right? or it's reportive. It's like, I'm going to tell you what's happening. Right. And that's, and I think that's more like immediate consumption because you're just, you're being directed like what's happening. But I think peripheral instruction or like background information to them is the music because, because I mean, I've played with people where like, I'm going to drum for them. And they'll and I'm literally like, all right, play your little thing, you know, play your bit that you want me to play to, so I understand what's happening. And because um, if it's something they've been practicing, I'm like, I just want to understand what timing you're doing because they might not be able to explain it to me. And so they play it, and then they're like, yeah, I'm just you know, just some kind of drums in the background. And I'm like, do you want me to be like loud? Like, can you give me like some kind of direction? Like, I don't know. The drums could be whatever. No one's gonna pay attention to that. I'm like. <laughs> That's a part of the song. Like, <laughs> like we need to kind Thanks, of... Thanks, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, like, literally, I'm like, all right, so <laughs> all I'm doing is not just in service to you. It's in service to the song, so let's get, take the ego out. Like, because, yeah, just people just see it differently. But, yeah, like, I don't know. At least to me, like, that's how I, I could see it being done is, like, it's not background information to me, and that's might not be how they want to explain it, but it might be just kind of how it's working. And he's like, yeah, no, it's nice. It does sound nice, but it's got nothing on like what he's saying. Like, I agree. But like, to me, it's like, 
there wouldn't be a foundation to build off without the music sounding good. <laughs> yeah, and and you know the thing is the two are not they don't have to be as mutually exclusive. Yeah, oh, no. And you know a, a great a tremendous example of that is Rush. Mm. Neil Peart wrote most of the lyrics to Rush songs. Yeah. And when he was figuring out the drum parts, he had the lyrics in mind to make mm. the drum fit the mood and yeah, the yeah, transitions yeah. in the lyrics. And I think that that's one. I mean, Neil Peart was going to be one of the greatest drummers to ever live, no matter what, right? Mm. I mean, it, you know, it just from pure talent. But his ability to not only do that, but also make it fit the mood or whatever the of the song yeah. is just incredible. And 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 I'm blanking on his name. I feel very terrible for that. But there was a there was a session drummer that played a lot with uh, kind of the California sound people in seven. You know, he played with. Jackson Brown and James Taylor, mm. Joni Mitchell played with people like yeah. that, and I wish I could think of his name. The Echo Circuit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, but he was a drummer who liked before he would go to the studio to meet people to play on their albums. He liked to see lyrics because he liked to read the lyrics for oh, each of the right. songs and yeah. kind of get that in his head. Yeah. Before and you know, that said, right? I love James Taylor. I've listened to a lot of James Taylor in my life. Oh, yeah. I've never once really paid that close attention to the drums. I mean, I can I can tell you where the fills uh -huh. are, and but yeah. like, not once has the drums been yeah top billing. But in like a James he's, song. but he's like singer songwriter, like right. and that's like it's like the the light is on like the right. Like I don't know, like that's what I expect, right. you know. And it's like same thing with like Neil Young. Like Neil Young has like different sides. Like mm -hmm. he has like the singer songwriter like more acoustic side which really is like when he's by himself and then he's got the crazy horse side i guess where yeah. it's more like by the way but, you can find neil on spot oh wait <laughs> <laughs> yes Keeping sorry up with recent news yeah sorry that's, 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 that's the only time i'm gonna mention that i promise yeah i saw joni is gonna be leaving soon yeah. yeah. Did you see the thing that said Nickelback threatens to put more music on yeah. Spotify? Yeah, dude, you know who's who's kills me is uh uh James Blunt. Yeah. You know, yeah, he has like the most self-deprecating like Twitter account of all time. Yeah. Because he's he tweeted last night, he's like, uh, I'm threatening to put music on their platforms. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you something. That guy and I like I haven't heard a James Blunt song since I was in high school, right? Yeah. And and yeah. You're Beautiful was yeah. on the radio everywhere. I would see that guy in concert just in the hopes that between one song he would say one thing that was half as funny as any given tweet he has. That dude is so, yeah. and he was I've yeah. seen him as a like a guest on talk. He always mm. seems super. He was on Top Gear uh, back when it was the original trio. He's mm. been on other stuff where I've seen footage, and he seems like such a down to earth like cool dude and and yeah don't get me wrong i don't I, i'm not gonna listen to you I mean, beautiful shoot. anytime soon yeah, or no. or the goodbye my lover or whatever the other one was called that oh, was so yeah. big but but yeah i mean he got but i do remember him so yeah <laughs> i mean hey he got to didn't he perform on snl yeah probably and they made fun of him they like made a skit about him probably and he yeah i mean he did it and uh, yeah. yeah now his yeah his twitter profile is super popular just about how he makes yeah. fun of himself well what am i it's like he he seems like who was it? i can't remember someone someone rihanna or someone like that you know someone talked some trash to her and she just like screenshotted her bank account and replied to it <laughs> right so like what, what am i gonna do it's just like james blunt sucks dude and he's you know he's, he's like, got like 20 right. million 
pounds in the bank, um, which, you know, is like $33 million or something like that. So, and I'm fine. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> meanwhile, it's like, do I want to get food or grab gas on the way home? Because I've only got enough money for one. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. But, but you know, you get the idea. It's like, I'm not, what am I going to crap on James Blunt? He was very popular. And I like his music's not for me, but I'd still go see him in concert because he seems like a great dude. Um, and I'm not going to dump on his music cause someone's going to like it surely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, right. I mean, it was in high school when your beautiful came out. <laughs> yeah. I heard it all the damn all time. The time. Yeah. It was just one of those ones that's like, Oh God, no. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, there's pop songs that I guess were popular. Like when my wife was still working retail and like sometimes when she hears it, it's like, Oh my God, so yeah. I don't even know this song. She's like, they used to play it all the time. Like, oh, thank God I wasn't in that rotation. <laughs> my, my best friend um, worked at a Quiznos in high school. Mm. And he would say, so every every three months, um, with the exception of December, because I got Christmas music between Thanksgiving. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Right? But other than, other than that, it was like every three months, they got a new Muzak disc in. Yeah. And it had like four hours of music on it. Mm. And so if you work a full, a full shift... Right, you hear it twice. Yeah. If you work a double or whatever, then you're gonna hear it at least three times. Yeah. And when we were in college, like I, I, I have this distinct memory of being at a Texas A&M baseball game, and uh, it was like "Hips Don't Lie" or something like some Shakira song or mm. something came on between innings. And it, he just was like, yeah, man, I was like looking around to like, <laughs> like pull some bread out of the oven and ah. like, like make sure there were enough onions chopped for the, for the, for the veggie row. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, I'm like, man. I'm like that with, uh, owner of a lonely heart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so random, man. I, I, uh, one of my first jobs was at, uh, Michael's, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like one of the first jobs I could get. And, uh, and I was, I was a photographer. I was taking some like paint class too. So in my mind I was like, Oh, I'll get like some deal. And it was like 10% off. Yeah. I was like, this is some shit. <laughs> the coupons are already good. Like what the hell? Um, was but I ended up cents now 81 cents for you. Yeah. <laughs> One random paintbrush. Well, they're like, it's under $10. So you get no discount. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yikes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're not that corporately greedy, but, um, no, they, they, um, it was all right. The reason why I ended up really staying there is because like I happened to like start working there with like shitty hours and all this stuff. But then they happened to have this one position that was like an actual like Monday through Friday, eight to three p.m. slot. And I was in college. Nice. And I was like, what? I was like, that never happens in retail. I'm like, and it's set. And like, yeah, she's the only employee that has a set schedule and she's leaving so we need someone to fill her spot and then i got it somehow as like the newest person and everyone hated me but i was like hell yeah man <laughs> and so i stayed there for like i don't know way longer than i was planning to yeah. but um when i was working there though they actually had a decent little um curated playlist like a it was like a streaming one i mean they had like it was not like just like the same shit over and over again like it had a good revolving thing but there are definitely ones that would pop up and i don't know if it just happened because like they would they would play a bunch of music, but at the same times like every day, and I worked right. there every day. But I would just hear that yes song just like yeah all the time. And I remember I never really heard it a ton growing up. I definitely heard it before, but never like I know the lyrics really well. Like I knew the song, but God, did I get to know like the song as <laughs> yeah. a whole? Like just working there because I just remember um, 
uh, putting up like the homecoming like aisles like this because we would you know have to break down and put up the seasonal stuff and I was there every morning so I would help that team do it because I guess we wouldn't expect people to be there first thing in the morning all the time so right. I would help the cl- the the overnight team do it sometimes if we were slow and like I just yeah and whenever I hear that song the yeah very Pavlovian like yeah like you hear it and you're like all right gotta get the Halloween stuff down literally stuff up literally I can see the you know what I don't know what they're called pegboards or whatever the yeah the pegboard that we would put the 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 merchandise pegs into and like adjust them I can just see it every time and like see i can hear like the homecoming baggies like with all the little random bells and shit in it and i'm like oh i remember this yeah it's that that song and there's some florence and the machine song i forget which one it is that they would play and it was just because like i knew that song really well the florence and the machines it was, it was something off of ceremonials but i just remember like anytime i hear either of those songs i forget which one it is um I just immediately I'm back in the aisles of Michael's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you do you know do you know Cake's cover of I Will Survive? Yes. Yeah. So I worked at a uh, baseball place, like a batting cage, but well, we'll just say batting cage, that's easier. Um <laughs> so I worked at a batting cage uh, up in kind of the Frisco Plano area. Mm. And I when I when I closed, we we closed like at eight i think or maybe 10 i don't know it didn't really matter Mm. but i i had a playlist that i would put on because they let the managers have access to the the speakers and so when i was closing like i would start my playlist when i got there yeah and it was just easier because i hated the pandora stations that there's like you can either play your own music or choose from these three pandora stations (laughs) and they were all like just billboard hot yeah. 100 or whatever hot 80s now <laughs> yeah seriously and it's like you know whatever like i realized we had customers to cater for and it wasn't my personal jukebox but like everyone and i and i would play that sometimes but every once in a while i'd be like i, I if i hear if i hear that song whistle by flow rider had just come out <laughs> and i'm like oh my god if i hear this guy make veiled references to his ding dong one more time <laughs> Like I am, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to burn this place down. (laughs) And so I would put my own thing on and, um, it, the timing worked out to where cakes cover of, I will survive generally was playing like, as I was reconciling the drawer, Mm. as I was putting the cash up and everything, like your wrap up song. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and you know, the high school kids that worked there, like I would joke, I was, pretty cool with them and you know i'd let them add songs every once in a while or whatever but um but you know mainly it was like i remember they i had a hooting the blowfish song on mm. there and they were like oh is that the guy from wagon wheel i'm like no <laughs> like that wagon wheel guy was saying only want to be with you 20 freaking years before this crap came you know i was <laughs> like getting indignant defending darius rucker as a member of hooting the blowfish rather <laughs> as a solo artist which probably makes me a dick in that situation but you leave him alone (laughs) yeah but so now and i don't i don't hear that version of i will survive very often anymore yeah unless it just pops up on my phone but now when i hear it i can i i just for a second will smell cash you know that smell of like when you've been counting yeah yeah and you you can even smell on your fingers a little bit i don't know if it's the dye or the chlorophyll or whatever bacteria yeah just the gross (laughs) just just cocaine and bo that's all it is. This is this because we got all our money the from Fleetwood Mac. Um, 
Yeah, this, this is Lindsey Buckingham's personal bank. Um, yeah, and Ozzy's side steps. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> but I'm serious. Just that, like I, I'll hear. At first, I was afraid, and I just could yeah. like smell. Yeah, and it's it's I know so weird because like yeah. that 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 Michael's moment I get I smell like plastic and yeah and that whatever that cardboard material that yeah. peg, peg boards are made of it's like an it's like, olfactory hallucination yeah I guess. it is man I guess because our our smell memory is just so strong that it yeah pops up somehow like, yeah yeah you remember that yeah remember well that's because if I hear center field by John Fogarty I smell hot dogs and, and, and I, if I hear that song I, my spine wants to explode yeah, so it's, it's a pretty song. bad song. God, man, from, from a really talented dude, and it is a really, really bad song. I'm just looking off in the distance right now. It's just it stuns. Yeah, me. it's for those of you at home. I mean, <laughs> Sam looked like someone was like, "Do you remember what happened to your platoon in Denang in '68?" <laughs> I mean, that's that's seriously. You look, like, <laughs> you look like Charlie Sheen in Platoon, man. That was nuts. <laughs> I'm not, so sorry. Oh, oh my good. god! Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just and and ironically, the main song that goes with that look is "Fortunate Son" by CCR. So now I, I, I just I feel even worse. <laughs> either either way, it's John. I guess we could play all along the Watchtower. That's another <laughs> Vietnamese song to get you away from John Fogarty for a sec. I just. I only have like two things, <laughs> two things, <laughs> and we can end on this. <laughs> I just remember one finding out that he's the same guy, that the CCR guy is the same guy that did that song. Like I don't remember, I don't remember where I was. I think I was in college and like realizing like that's that guy. Like that's, it's almost the same as realizing like it's almost if I didn't know what temporary secretary came from and right. then finding out that it was the guy that wrote let it be <laughs> or long and running road like what the? but that was one shock but then i remember looking up this was three years ago or so and uh fogarty popped in my head and i was like man how, i i, I want to deep dive some credence um realizing like how short of a run credence's group was and thinking to myself like wait what else did that guy do and looking it up and finding that he has a greatest hits album. I'm like, oh, let me start there. And I click it. And the album cover is a fucking baseball <laughs> baseball mitt with a, with a baseball in it. And it says, like, his great, I don't even know what it says, his greatest hits and some shit. And then, like, the first one is um, Center Field or Put Me In. Well, I don't even know what the song is called. Put it is me called in Center Field. It is Center Field. But yeah. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> like it's, it's coming back to me. <laughs> ah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's like, if I didn't, because I didn't really grow up with that song. That song popped up in my world, like, at a point when I was not ready for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, definitely when I was younger, but it was not, like, I, I don't think I was in a great mood. And I was like, oh, I did not like that song. And yeah. I heard it again when I was a little older, but still young. I'm like, yeah, nope. And then, like, found out that it was the same guy. I'm like, oh. It's like it's like if I had f heard studio <laughs> without actually growing up and hearing it. And, like, I think it was in, like... um short circuit yeah or short circuit two it's in one of those 80s movies right it's the only reason why like i was like yeah i know that song yeah <laughs> but then like you listen to actual genesis and you listen to like the lamb lies down on broadway <laughs> and you're like, like how is this the same dude oh well there was no coke in the room right? yeah <laughs> must have been 
Yeah, they were they were still using downers. <laughs> then the eighties hit and and two hundred beats a minute. Yeah, give me that chunky <laughs> snare and give me that. Now, as I, with Centerfield in particular, <laughs> I, playing baseball and loving, I, I used to be able to go to Ranger games mm. a few times a year, which was always a treat. And it's such a baseball, you know, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. An apple pie well, see, okay, and a here, lemon chill and all that. I know so. where you're going for you. But for me, I, oh, yeah. I I grew up in a baseball family. I played baseball for like eight years. That song, and we went to Rangers games. I rarely heard that song. Oh, I man. rarely heard that song like utilized in like the baseball, like it's no man, like baseball, like aesthetic to me. It was just like, it was commentary on baseball. <laughs> me and it was bad so that's fair but like that no because i want to relate to what you're saying and be like yeah but at least it was everywhere and it had a place but like i never heard it in its only place that apparently okay. so that's also why i have this like yeah because it's like don't worry if i'm driving down the road and it comes on like i'm turning it but <laughs> but like if i'm if i'm at a baseball game and it comes on i'm singing yeah it. oh yeah no that's that's yeah honestly i'll i'll, I'll get you, you got me there yeah. I, I i'll say that for myself like yeah if it that's its own only yeah. place <laughs> but i never had it in that place so i don't still think i have like just like with studio i can dial out <laughs> and mentally think of johnny five but like <laughs> <laughs> or um what's the Rhonda song uh, oh help me Rhonda! yeah help, help me, me Rhonda. Rhonda. yeah like that also like i hate that song but like it, i think it was in short circuit too so i have this weird forgiveness for it for some reason <laughs> I, I like but that no, one for that... the way he says get her out of my heart oh I like yeah. the way he says get get it's like they, well, such a california band to use get such her. a texan pronunciation of yeah. get get her. <laughs> get her out of my heart it's great <laughs> Man. But anyways, yeah, man, that's just, there's only a few songs that just make me like, you know, shiver. Yeah. And I don't know why it's put me in. I, I, if it was just center field, like as a, it's a one hit wonder, I don't think it would get me. But just that finding out like who it was. That, I, I want to get out of punching distance just in case uh, or throwing thing distance. But you know what song <laughs> does that to me is Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I, well, when I, when I hear that, the first little snare and saxophone, <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I can't. I don't know why. And Bruce Springsteen, by the way, and I, we can talk about this a lot more another time. What you got? Bruce Springsteen is one of those guys who I love almost every song he's ever written oh, really? as long as it's someone else singing it. Oh, yo. <laughs> Yeah, he. There's something about him being the source of the music that I just can't. Yeah, and it's. Explain. I just don't. It, it, like for one thing, his band was too big. Like he didn't. He didn't need that. In all that they were doing. Right, and I like. I like Clarence Clemens was a great saxophone player, and but like not every song needs a saxophone. Well, but my my favorite thing. There's a handful of songs. Trying to think of them. Um, my favorite thing about Born to Run, though, is just how misused it's used, like by yeah. people trying to like sport it as like American glory. Yeah, <laughs> like especially politicians. Yeah, like when like you see a politician having like a rally or something, and they yeah, walk and they out born, to Born to Run. Born, born, yeah, born, well, not Born to Run, Born in the USA. Yeah, uh, and it's like an uh, anti-war, like kind of <laughs> America's the home of corporate devils and yeah. people who don't care about and, like, you. A politician will walk out to that, and, like yeah, and then they'll walk off the stage, the fortunate son. Yeah. <laughs> And they probably got married to I'll Be Watching You by the police. <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, like, yeah. No, but it's yeah, no, more, Last yeah. Kiss by all well, the original guys or Pearl Jam. 
but yeah, born to run and and born in the USA. I, yeah, I'm just not a Springsteen person at all. But like those, yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, for me, that's I'm trying. Man, I ha- I had another one that that really gets me. But I kind of want to get off this topic because I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's not sparking joy. It's yeah. It's bring it's bringing out a part of my like. Yeah, Mar- so Marie Kondo bring- would tell us to move on. It's bringing out this survival part of my being that's like, you remember these things that you hate? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I don't want to remember that. Get it out of my head. So I'm calling it. <laughs> Good call. Get it out of your head. Yeah, that's bad. Thanks for having me, as always. It's been a blast. It really has. <laughs>